while I was waiting for, uh, while I was waiting for everything to finish pulling up on my computer, I did check if Discord is down or not, <laughs> and conflicting sources. <laughs> <laughs> like Discord's official website says, "Nah, it's good," but like the down detector website is like, "Yeah." <laughs> Yeah, that makes I sense. I it's Discord, so... <laughs> mm, yeah. Discord selling Discord? It's more likely than you think. Aha! <laughs> uh-huh. That's why they named it that. Yes. Yeah. We're gonna have to move over to Dacord. Mm. <laughs> I'll have to dig up my old Pesterchum account. Oh no. I don't know what the fuck a Pesterchum is, Tanner. That's, that's a homestuck <laughs> thing. Oh god. It was a chat app that existed oh, within God. Homestuck, and then people made a real-life pester chum that you could use, and you could you could program it to substitute uh, letters for stuff like the trolls did in Homestuck. Oh my God! Oh God! You could program in leet speak automatically. Did, did you guys see the Sarah Z videos yes, of course. on Homestuck? Yeah, yes, all of them. Oh my God, they were so good. <laughs> and there was never a Glee stuck that got off the ground. Oh, thank God! Just Kesha stuck. Oh boy. Okay, but Brittany and Homestuck would be very funny. <laughs> this is true. This is, I did, you know, I did run through to fanfic where it was Brittany and Santana in Homestuck, and then the the third person they ended up teaming up with was Dave. I feel like I don't know much about Homestuck, but I feel like yeah. if they were put in Homestuck, then Santana would reach out through the screen and slap Andrew Hussey in the face. <laughs> the g- good news that's canonically possible. Yes. Excuse yes. me. What? Also, Dave. Honestly, like. I'm sorry, I need a Vriska Britanna Thruple, please. <laughs> um, I have theories about the true Vriska of Glee, but I need to save that for a bonus episode. <laughs> Don't pick Rachel, that's too easy, Tanner! No, no, listen, no, I, I already asked, and Sarah Zed herself said that Rachel's not a Vriska because no one actually likes oh her. Oh my god, I forgot <laughs> I saw you post that ask. I forgot I saw that post, that is awesome. Tanner, I, I feel like we need to get sarah zed on an episode just so that the two of you can have this in-depth discussion and i will sit here contributing whatever whatever crumbles of information and opinion i can (laughs) okay i'll I'll note that down for a bonus episode uh but right now isn't her isn't her tumblr inbox still open we can just put in there like hey you won't be in our glee podcast i just love her handle right now ding dong you are wrong it's my favorite Here's, here's the thing. I, m- much like how I snuck into Pushing Up Rose's uh, Instagram messages to ask if she wanted to be on my podcast, I feel like if I went in uh, Sarah Zed's inbox to ask if she wanted to be on my podcast, she'd be like, wow, what a weirdo spamming me. Block. <laughs> if you said, like, look. And she'd be valid. Yeah. Like, yeah. look. Look, we have the Glee podcast. We tear it to I shit. This, <laughs> I thought this was a Euphoria podcast based on the episode we watched. Oh my uh, god, Tanner. <laughs> Just go ahead and grab a chair and listen now As we riff the show Tanner and Christine are gonna figure out Why we love this show Better grab your golden stars and slushies Cause you're listening You're listening To loser like me Loser like me Welcome to Loser Like Me, 
This is our Glee recap and review show. My name is Christina, and I'm like some kind of crazy Pope lady. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Tanner, and I'll be subbing in for the regular co-host because they're out with a nasty case of the herp. Yikers! (laughs) My name is Harley, and uh, I'm not telling you where I hid the vegetables. (laughs) You'll never know! (laughs) (sighs) So, you may notice that Harley is neither Tanner nor I. Would you like to introduce yourself? Yes, hello. My name is Harley. Um, I am really just known as the Glee Guy among my friends. My pronouns are he, him, his. And uh, this queer disaster made me a queer disaster. <laughs> Yay. Congratulations, I have seen I think. all of Glee. Oh my god. <laughs> Braver than most American politicians. Yes. Yes, I am. I have been uh, in the Glee fandom since I suppose... I'm sorry. I'm getting ahead of everything, I suppose, because that's usually your question, right? (laughs) Yeah, go ahead. (laughs) Hey, Harley, have you been in the Glee fandom before? (laughs) Uh, yes, yes. Um, I, my first episode, I was a star kid person first and then a mm-hmm. Gleek second. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh, Darren Chris is going to be on this show. My mom won't stop harassing me about, which I totally won't like. Oh my God, mom. Cause I was 15. <laughs> <laughs> and then I saw Teenage Dream and I was like, oh, it's fine. I'll just watch the ones with Darren in it famous last words um <laughs> 10 years which later ended up being all of them and um i have a very vivid memory of um i was supposed to go to a um a queer uh conference up at yukon uh, with one of mm-hmm. my friends who has not watched a single episode of we in her life and <laughs> i made her watch the finale with me at her tiny bedroom tv the night before so here's the season my... finale or the series <laughs> the finale? series finale <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, I watched it live. It was very important. I did totally legally watch the um last three seasons. <laughs> I mean, that's gonna have to be us. <laughs> Yar, har, fiddle, dee, dee. <laughs> Yeah, because um, this is the first episode we're recording after finding out that just like Netflix decided that they fucking hate our friends over at the Morphing Grid, they decided to hate us too because Glee is going to be off of Netflix. Oh yeah, yeah, I saw, I saw, um, since I'm I'm on the Porter, Corner Podcast uh, Discord. <laughs> I mean, at least the Netflix removal is understandable because it's just like Disney licensing issues. We truly have no idea what Hasbro is trying to do with Power Rangers. <laughs> No, not even Hasbro's an idea, but the trend of Power Rangers. <laughs> but but also, that means that Rachel Berry is a Disney princess, and I am afraid no. that she won't shut up. <laughs> no, she is a Disney villain. <laughs> no. no I... Who thinks she's a Disney princess? Listeners will have seen this on the last episode that aired, but we have decided that actually uh, Brittany S. Pierce is a princess of heart, which means that she is interstitial legal, as is the rest of Glee. <laughs> yes. I, I agree with this. This is this is a, a solid theory, but yeah, I I was uh, gotten to the Glee fandom with season two. I watched out of order. Um, I started season you know in the middle of season two with Never Been Kissed, and then I got the box sets because I became obsessed. You know, my entire my first iPod had six hours worth of Glee. <laughs> Mercy. <laughs> Yeah, just Glee. Just Glee. That was just the Glee songs. 
<laughs> I mean, I say woof, but I wasn't any better. <laughs> and, you know, um, I was definitely clean trash. I became an aggressive ally because of Clayne, hint, hint. <laughs> and uh, then, due to um, some very interesting dreams I had about a certain uh, Naya Rivera, <laughs> I uh, began to realize that, um, straight? No, that's not something I am. <laughs> and this episode was kind of at the forefront of it, which I will go into once we um start talking about the Joan Jet number. <laughs> <laughs> So then the other question is, did you have any experience with Glee, the extracurricular? Um, I mean, I did choir. I mean, I did chorus when I was in elementary school, and I've always been singing. I actually sent a voice memo to my partner serenading them a cappella because I'm gross. Aww. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, I've always loved to sing, and you know, I think the only thing stopping you from making your life a musical is um, fear. And budget, usually. Yes, and budget. And, you know, no one's gonna listen to your directions if you just yell at them. I mean, who am I, Rachel Bloom? No. (laughs) Awesome. Well, Mm -hmm. this week, we are watching Season 2, Episode 15, Sciexy. It was unsurprisingly directed by Ryan Murphy and written by Brad Falchuk. It aired on March 8th of 2011. Yes. Let's get into this roller coaster of an episode, which I started watching at 11.30 p.m. Damn. (laughs) I feel like we should start by mentioning that when this aired live, like, it aired with a viewer discretion advised warning because of suggestive dialogue, language, and sexual situations. Thankfully, not for the lesbians or the gays. I, well, here's the thing, is that the only other time... The, or the only two other times that Glee has had like a, one of those warnings beforehand was the episode where gay sex happens and the episode where there was like self-harm. So Did they put one in for the school shooting episode? Uh, I don't know. And and they had to get petition to put one in front of the self-harm episode. So Yikes. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> it's really funny. I remember being so excited about that that uh the sex episode. <laughs> and i'm just like oh socks on huh (laughs) stay tuned listeners for that episode which i will likely astral project out of the podcast (laughs) it's not even that horny it's i would argue that the sex episode is anti-horny i think this episode is hornier i i completely agree i really do tanner (laughs) it is that episode is very tame in comparison to this one yeah. Yeah. Like that like not not to get ahead of ourselves, but the season 3 episode the first time is about like the the emotions involved with the prospect of possibly using your virginity. This one, this episode today, it's about fucking. Oh yeah. Yep. I feel like we should then say that this episode starts on uh, on Emma, Emma Pillsbury leading the celebrity club. Oh yeah, that's very, A very heterosexual moment. <laughs> Rachel won't stop asking Quinn about her relationship with Finn. <laughs> Again, my my first word in my notes is Fabery and uh, <laughs> Rachel. Why do Quinn sexy problems mean so much to you? <laughs> I don't know. I think it's. I feel like it's a combination of a. Rachel being a teenager who doesn't know what to do if it's not singing. B, Rachel still being hung up on Finn. And C, Rachel just not knowing when to stop talking about stuff, which will get her in trouble later in this episode. Yeah. 
I'm I'm also um I'm sorry, but I I'm just uh, gonna hoist myself out of the Faberry uh, <coughs> dumpster here out of my soapbox. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> let's let's just uh, talk for a second about how season two is. It I mean season one is definitely a Faberry season, but season two. We're we're we are it, we are still in February season right now, folks. And the forecast for this episode, <sighs> I would I would argue that season two is just the bisexual season. Period. I completely agree with that statement. I mean, but he- I I'm just gonna put out there that I don't believe that Quinn Fabray has any attraction to men. She just picks ones that are stupid enough to realize that she doesn't want to bang them. <laughs> You know, you, I would, I would argue, hang on, let me think, let me think about this. See, I would argue that Quinn can catch feelings for men, but it's the physical stuff that oh, yeah. she doesn't quite get into. I'll give you that because as we know from, from Comeback, I think the reason she got so into Sam was because of his emotional honesty with her. And that seems to be very attractive, which also yeah. would lead me to Rachel doesn't know when to stop being honest. So... <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. I I will also say, real disclaimer here to the hosts and the listeners, hi, I'm Harley, and I can be a bit of a Rachel Berry apologist, because I was a Rachel Berry at one point in my life. Uh, You've grown past that. You know, this is a safe space, and... (laughs) You gonna ask me to leave Tanner right now? (laughs) No, no. (laughs) I'm gonna say it's... I'm not a Leah Michelle apologist. I'm not crazy. <laughs> if we really want to get deep into psychoanalyzing Rachel Berry, well, first of all, you need alcohol. But second of all, I would say that we we can understand Rachel without having to forgive her. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Yes. I just think that there are some moments in the first two seasons, especially where I'm just like, "You big fucking dork! I love you." <laughs> <laughs> And I'm over here, I, I have a note that pretty much just reads, I am uncomfortable with all this virgin shaming unless it's directed at Rachel. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. Anyway, Emma's projecting. Emma, you're too ace for this episode, you should leave, ma'am. I mean, I can't escape, we already started the recording. Emma is in charge of the celibacy club because it's great for teens who aren't ready or adults who are afraid of the scary hose monster. I just... Yeah, I lost my mind at Hose Monster. I just put Hose Monster with a lot of question marks and exclamation points in my notes. <laughs> yeah. And she mentions that, like, oh, they have Chastity Club swag now, and it's little, it's a, it's a pair of necklaces where one of them is a heart-shaped lock and the other one is a heart-shaped key. Mm-hmm. And because it's a whole chastity belt thing. My next one here is, Jiminy Christmas, this is gonna be a rough one. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> we are we are firing on all cylinders this week. What cylinders? They didn't know. <laughs> We're mixing all the slushy flavors together this week. Mmm. Brown. <laughs> Delicious. <laughs> but yeah, celibacy mm, ladies, water. dig it. Yeah. I feel like we should just go ahead and start off here at the beginning with a blanket statement that like, look, celibacy is a valid option when it comes to sex and whether or not you want to have sex it's valid it should not be taught as the only option 
and safe sex, both heterosexual and homosexual. And up uh, and every like safe sex should be taught in schools. Fuck the American education system. All all of those sexes that were mentioned in Ready Player Two. Yes. Yes. Oh Straight sex, God. gay sex, non-binary sex. <laughs> Tanner, if you're gonna bring up Ready Player Two, A, we are going to have like I'm going to have to go find some vodka, and B, we're going to have to summon Andy into this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, I I'm gonna dig more into the themes presented to us in this episode at the end once we have a bigger picture but i think Mm -hmm. it's just in general i i think it's safe to say that teens have sex more often than you'd hope but not as much as you fear true agreed agreed not as much as a show airing on fox would have you believe yeah anyways the chastity charms have immediately been turned into clip-on nipple rings so (laughs) oh god (laughs) yeah emma is commiserating with will about Mm -hmm. this Mm-hmm. I, I called this scene ace canoodling with uh, Emma's aloe not boyfriend. <laughs> oh, 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 I have so much ace discourse to get into. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I can contribute to that. <laughs> Yay. But yeah, and like, there, she's like, Will, I need you to help with Chastity Club. And he's like, uh, yeah, sure, I guess I'll help. Well, and he then- doesn't sound that hesitant. He is extremely on board with teaching kids how not to fuck. Yeah. So he and Emma can fuck. (laughs) Anyways, Holly walks in and she declares that celibacy is fake and gay. Yeah. And she just like- Will Paltrow's here. Yeah. And Will Schuster is horny for Holly Holiday, baby. See, I- He is rock hard. Tight jeans. Tight jeans. He is almost as hard as her sack full of pussy crystals. Oh my god. (laughs) Yes. I- I didn't- personally take it as him being immediately horny but i did take it as emma clearly being jealous of their very easy rapport christina he forgot emma's name yeah and oh, yeah, um, he did do that didn't he, he? i think if he wasn't in the teacher's <laughs> lounge he would have just kissed her Jail for Will Schuster, 10,000 years. <laughs> yes, I literally oh. have that in my notes. Um, horny dad uh, needs to be in a horny jail for 1,000 years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And like, the rest of the scene is basically like they talk about teens having sex and stuff. And Holly, I will agree with Holly Holiday at one point because she says condoms should be more widely available because they are useful for sexual health. Mm-hmm. And like, not mm-hmm. getting STIs and not getting pregnant. <laughs> And then we uh, we cut over to a clip of her because she's subbing in for the sex ed teacher. And she does the condom onto a cucumber application and declares that that's like helps prevent STIs and pregnancy and stuff. Okay, I have a bone to pick with this scene. Really Only quick. one? I have a, uh, a boner of anger to pick with this scene. <laughs> <laughs> Do not tell me. That our most talented Glee Club member, who is wise, grounded, and whose father is a fucking dentist, canonically, does not know what sex is and would think that cucumbers can give her AIDS. Do not tell me Mercedes Jones does not know what fucking is, even though she does not partake. That is lies and slander, and I will not stand for it! I would like to go ahead and issue an apology to our editor, because we are going to be peaking a lot in this episode. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, I just, I had a lot of big feelings about that. (laughs) Do not, Harley, do not apologize. (laughs) Because I I do genuinely believe that 
Finn would say wait cucumbers can give you AIDS. He is a stupid boy, but he is our stupid boy and we love him. <laughs> Mostly. 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 Except when he is being a sexist pig um, and taking after his father, Will Schuster. <laughs> <laughs> but Mercedes Jones knows what fucking is. That is my final <laughs> statement. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. That's really what I have to say on this matter. <laughs> so, so here's my counter-argument. D- yes, Mercedes knows what fucking is. However, uh, as we saw in the previous episode where Gwyneth Paltrow showed up, she didn't know what broccoli is. So I'd argue it's not the sex issue. It's that she doesn't recognize her vegetables. <sighs> uh, that's that's honestly even sadder. And now I'm just angry at the writers, Tanner. <laughs> Join the club, Harley. Welcome to Loser Like Me. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, I love when I apply logic to Glee and that makes it worse. <laughs> yeah. Same. <laughs> Real quick, I do want to note here, before we leave the lunchroom scene, that I think, I, I remember that some point after Emma started dating Carl, she brought in, like, Will was like, oh, your lunch, you have red and green grapes mixed together. And... Uh, I noticed that her lunch in this episode is individually separated into its various components again. <laughs> Slight Ooh. foreshadowing. Ooh, good, good work, props people. Yes. That is very interesting. I didn't see yes. that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Emma disagrees with sex education because she worries that kids have already blasted with so much like sex imagery across everything that like they, they need to know that they don't have to be expected to do it. Which is almost a good argument, but it, like the, her solution to this mm. is do not tell them about sex ever. So yeah, that's how we get um eighteen year old Tumblr Beth. daddies, and those aren't okay. Yeah. Anyways, Holly's off to have crazy sex because she's crazy well informed. Just kidding. And Will looks so hopeful for that split second, <laughs> and I just. I just there 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 was bile in my throat in that split second. Yikes. And also let let me just say that um <laughs> I did actually put um this note for Holly where I was like subbing with sex ed. I don't think so, ma'am. <laughs> I, I just thought it was it was relevant. <laughs> yeah. So the next scene mm-hmm. is cinematic gold. Yeah. Technically the next two scenes, but they're like, they go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. So Santana goes up to Brittany and she's like, hey, why don't, after, how about after school we put on some Sweet Valley High and get our lady kisses on? And Brittany's like, I'm not really feeling up to it because I'm pregnant. Oh my god. She specifically says, I think I might have a bun in the oven. <laughs> I just love how the Glee Club, there are no secrets in Glee Club. Like, I love that that's just like a canonical, like consistent gag i'm so here for it <laughs> there are yeah, no secrets she... at glee club <laughs> Brittany asks santana not to tell Artie, and mm-hmm. santana's like oh my gosh yeah of course your secret's safe with and then she turns around and immediately tells <laughs> tina yeah i i liked the way that this was staged because it was like santana like turned away from Brittany, and then immediately tina pivots in to flank her on her left shoulder and then <laughs> santana tells tina and then tina turns around and passes it to puck and lauren and then they congratulate Artie that he's going to be a baby daddy because they learned nothing from Quinn last year. <laughs> Kevin's face, the look of horror on Kevin McHale's face mm-hmm. is everything to me. 
He's so good. And just the blocking in this scene is immaculate. The actors, they are just one after the other. I don't know how many takes this took, but it is just chef's kiss. Everyone is in sync with each other. And I love that. Yeah. You know what else is gold? It's time for the, it's time for the recurring segment, What's in the Locker? Yes. Oh boy. Because we get to see inside of Britney's locker. And in this episode, it contains... A copy of Cheerleader magazine with Britney's promotional photo for Glee on the cover. The headlines include, Don't Stop Believing in Britney, Squad Love, Is He More Than Just Your Stunt Partner, and Kiss My Palms, The Art of Friendly Competition. <laughs> there is also a drawing that is captioned, Our Drill Team Rules the World, and Five Faces on it. I'm assuming one of those is probably Britney and one of them is probably Santana. And she has various stickers for cheerleading and their high school and stuff. But also, there's just a fucking loose head of a Stacy doll, like on the inside, like lock part of her locker. <laughs> oh, Brittany. And I just, I, I love this. I love the props crew in this episode of Glee. So after this one, or we cut to the Glee Club, and Will walks in. He's like, "Hey, gang, want to get ready for uh, regionals?" And Artie's like, "No, I can't. My life is over." Because Brittany, how could you not tell me that you are pregnant? <laughs> and I like how everyone is just so genuinely concerned. They're like, "Oh no, that's so terrible. I hope Brittany's gonna be okay. I hope Artie's okay too. I guess." <laughs> yeah. Um. Will only gives a shit about Artie right now because the plot says so. Well, he. He's about to give a shit about Brittany, but That's he doesn't true. have enough time to take it seriously before he finds out the the whole picture. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because <laughs> Brittany's like, I know it's going to be dropped off any day. I hope it's a boy. And I think it's uh, Sam. Or, it's either Sam or Puck who says, but babies aren't dropped off. Yeah. And Will is like, Brittany, have you seen a doctor? <laughs> I don't need to see a doctor. Uh, there's a stork building its nest outside my window. <clears throat> And everyone knows that when that happens, it means a baby's going to be dropped off soon. I know where babies come from. <laughs> even Finn, even Finn is just like, what? And Rachel's look of horror is hilarious. I just... <laughs> they, the other reaction shot was of Mercedes, and she's just like the... <sighs> she looks so tired. She, it looks like she's trying to pray, but she doesn't know where to start. I thought I didn't look like she was about to corpse and was trying to keep it together for the take. <laughs> Both are valid. But yeah, so this whole scene happens and then we cut to a Will and Holly's Jazzercise class. I love Jazzercise Holly. Jazzercise Holly is my favorite. I would like a Jazzercise Holly as a Barbie doll, please. Just... <laughs> Can't you see it though? Like, it is a look for her. I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I also really love that at the end of the scene, when she says goodbye to her class, she tells them she loves them because I genuinely believe that she does. And also, why isn't she a teacher for adults, please? She has (laughs) no boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. But she and Will are talking about the lack of um, sex knowledge in the Glee Club while they're doing the jazzercise. They're doing this in front of all these random adults. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And it's just like, they come up with this brilliant plan, which is, what if we hide the sex ed in music? It's like, I mean, yes, I guess, like, in theory that could work, but I don't know how in they theory, would do that realistically. Or if, you know, you um spend an entire week just uh, 
rehearsing the song reproduction from Grease 2. (laughs) (sighs) (laughs) It's just, the scene is a lot of nothing. Yeah. She hits on him as as she goes to leave class, and he's like, what? Yeah, she says, speaking of STDs, how's your dating life? Oh, yeah. (laughs) I know the ship name of Will and Holly. And I have to share this knowledge with you too, so you can suffer with me. Is it Wally? It's Hollister. <laughs> That's so stupid. Yes. I mean, you could have just called him Hill. Yeah. Should have called it Willy. Big Willy style. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> no. I don't know. I read this fanfiction.net fic where, like, Holly Holiday is responsible for getting Britannia together, which I mean. <laughs> I mean, she kind of is. That's not wrong. (laughs) It's not. And there's this whole thing where she's like talking about her and Will as a ship to Santana. She's like, oh yeah, we're Hollister. And like reading that as a teen, I was fine with it. But reading it now, I'd be like, oh, I'm going to (laughs) barf. Yeah. Also, this is almost completely unrelated. But every day I'm glad that we never got an episode that was a tribute to Will rapping. And he rapped Will Smith's songs, and it was called Big Willie Style. But this episode doesn't exist, so let's all be glad. <sighs> I'm <very> Amen. glad. <laughs> Amen, my friend. <laughs> so anyways, Will writes sexy on the whiteboard in the choir room, but everyone giggles because he cannot actually say the word sex out and loud. And says sexy in the worst voice possible. Absolutely S- not, sir. Sexy. Sexy. Mm-hmm. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he he tries to talk to the kids about adult relations and everyone is cracking up because they do not take him seriously at all. Also, I do enjoy Will being a flustered dad in this moment because I do believe that, you know, this this is one of those moments where I'm like, oh, he actually cares about these children and, you know, wants to parent them. It, it really felt <laughs> like a very genuine moment for him to, like, be all, like, flustered about talking about sex because he just doesn't know where to start. And I thought it was genuinely kind of cute. I was just like, yes, I am here for the flustered dad moment, and I am so here for the reaction shots and Mercedes cracking up, because I love when Mercedes Jones gets the giggles. It it, yeah. it just, it, it brings me life. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's a whole part where, I don't know if it's before or after Holly enters the room, when, like, they're talking about sex and Rachel's like, but what about for those of us who don't have sex? And she's, like, trying to, like, pull Quinn physically into her point, And Quinn is like, no, no, stay over there. <laughs> stay over there. <laughs> yeah, that is after Holly walks in and Mercedes ah, okay. goes, oh, no, it's the salad lady. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the best line. <laughs> Not, the, the best line is when Holly's like, okay, kids, sex. It's like it's hugging, like hugging only, only wetter. wetter. <laughs> uh, I don't like it. So from the top, make a drop in this wet ass glee club. <laughs> <laughs> the other best line is when Holly asks Finn, is it true that you thought you got your girlfriend pregnant through a hot tub? And Finn says, I have always been dubious, which implies... That even after all the falling out from last season, he st- a part of him still thought it was possible that he was the baby daddy. <sighs> you stupid, stupid, sweet boy. <laughs> yeah. So Holly calls out Finn on being dumb, and then she calls out Brittany on being dumb, read the stork thing. And each time she does, Will does like a scare chord on the piano. Yeah. 
And I'm like, dude, you're you're two seconds away from just whipping out a wacky soundboard. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm just picturing Will Schuster with the iCarly remote. Tanner! <laughs> I don't want it! Get it out! <laughs> okay, uh, yeah, then Holly, uh, Rachel says the thing about not having sex and Holly calls her a prude, which is like, normally it'd be rude, but it's directed at Rachel, so I'll accept it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I also just want to point out Santana's comment on um, this sexy being a requirement for regionals. And I'm like, Santana, if you're noticing what Rachel is wearing on her legs, why are you staring at her legs, ma'am? <laughs> Can we talk about that? Look, she's she's about she's about 10 scenes away from a realization. <laughs> uh, that's very true. Also, I'm um, just going to say... One of the um, bones to pick I have with Rachel's wardrobe is not actually that terrible. And <sighs> despite her flaws as a human being, which, as we know, she is garbage, uh, yes, Leah Michelle has many. fantastic legs. Okay. That's fair. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> okay. But yeah, so Holly's like, every sexual interaction you will have begins with a touch. And then she starts singing uh, Do You Want to Touch Me by Joan Jett and the Blackhearts. Yeah. I wasn't paying attention to this number. Harley, do you want to take the reins? Okay. Yeah, I wasn't paying attention either. I had it muted. <laughs> so, I have so many big feelings about this number. <laughs> because I was, like, you know, struggling with my own sexuality at the time. And, like, this just changed me. First of all, I do love a woman in a leather jacket. And you add a leather pants to the equation with the heels. Oh my goodness. And also, Naya in animal print blazers. I did not know I needed it, but it's happening. And the way she is looking at me while she is doing things to that plastic chair. I'm having problems. Harley, are you in a crisis? I was, you know, I've watched this episode twice now for the podcast. And I was just like... Oh yeah, oh yep, yep, I understand, yes, yes, I, gay is me, I am gay, yes, queer, me, mm-hmm. Because this, this number is just like, also, I love that Quinn and Rachel, they have like, shocked queer panic expressions the entire time, especially Diana's face. Diana's face is everything, she just looks stunned. Like, not to be a lesbian, but oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. <laughs> and I love how they both actually, like, are holding hands when they join the number at the end. Also, Tina, Cohen, Shang, girl, you are looking good in this scene. Like, really good. <laughs> Tina is looking fly in that blazer, in that black spaghetti strap. Like, she is working it. The outfit that she has on is a yes. <laughs> I wish that Tina got to do anything in this episode. Yeah, I mean, she's just kind of showing off her boobs in this, uh, you know, how everyone's like opening their shirt and just like pushing their chest out. Just like, hello, titties. <laughs> <laughs> Because, you know, that's that's what you do when you sing this song after you've seen it on Glee. I mean, or that might just have been me at 14. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but, I mean, this, this number just, like, was a huge game changer of, like, oh, yes, girls, those, I like those, yes, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do want to mention that there's a part during the musical number where Holly like dances over to Will and he holds up a handwritten sign that says too much 
Oh, I almost forgot. There is this moment right before Holly starts singing where she's like doing that. We are going to get under the covers and you look at my son, Mike Chang's face and he looks terrified. I want to save my child from this salad lady right now. (laughs) (laughs) Someone rescue my son. (laughs) Cause he looks terrified. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like this is a musical number where it was more so the cast having a musical number and not as much the characters. Yeah. Which, like, I don't blame them for. Like, you got a fun musical number, go for it. Mm-hmm. But it's just like, I, I also was taken out of the taken out of the flow of the episode by remembering that she's doing this choreography with students who are all minors. Yep. <laughs> Especially those moments with Artie. Yikes. Yeah. That scene is just, and also, you can see how into this puck is, and I mean, I get it, but also, ew. Yeah. Yeah. So the song ends, and Holly announces, remember, kids, whenever you have sex with someone, you're having sex with everyone they've ever had sex with, and everybody's Mm -hmm. got a random. And Brittany makes a face like, I just wrote down under that, fellas, is it gay? (laughs) (laughs) You're literally having sex with all the guys that she's also had sex with, so. Hmm, that's true. Uh, Meanwhile, at the gay coffee shop. Mm -hmm. The lima bean. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Sue ambushes Kurt and Blaine. From what I can tell, she is just stealing their hot water. No, she's getting good coffee. But see, she fills up a cup with salt, I think. (laughs) No, it's... So, Sue says that she's here for her morning enema. So, she gets a tall coffee cup. She fills it with sugar, both the sugar and the packets, and then mixes various things in it, which include, I'm assuming, probably balsamic vinegar and oil. (laughs) As she does this, Kurt is nonplussed. Blaine is like, I don't know what the fuck's going on here. Darren is doing Darren puppy faces, and I love it. It's so funny. I love that he has the resting bemused face of Darren Chris right now. He's just going with the flow, just enjoying himself. Mm -hmm. This is his first exposure to Sue. (laughs) Yes, and I love that. I didn't even notice, like, how he's just got the biggest dopiest grin on his face and i'm just like oh puppy (laughs) yeah so she's come to ambush them and to let them know that because she checked out the choir room presumably after hours and she tells them that new directions is going to be doing sexy stuff at regionals like sexy music not actually having sex on stage uh that's spring awakening (laughs) (laughs) and the, the part that confuses me is that sue is telling them this even though at this point, she has seen that they just, I think they've only ever done one set list that they, well, no, I guess two. Even even though they have an alarming trend of flying by the seat of their pants and picking their set list within the last week before the competition. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, she's, she's sharing this information because she's hoping that her Glee Club and the Warblers can team up to take down New Directions. And Kurt's like, we heard that you pushed the old choir director down the stairs. And Sue says, you can't prove anything. And then Kurt turns to Blaine. This is just how she talks. I love it. I love it. And I just love how Blaine just looks so entertained by that. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And also Kurt points out that him and Sue are not in cahoots. So <laughs> she declares that he has made a powerful enema and storms off. This episode not sponsored by Sawbones, a who of misguided medicine. <laughs> 
It's also not sponsored by Common Sense Media because this episode contains sexy stuff. <laughs> and Blaine is like, his wheels are turning, and Kurt's like, what are, you, what are you thinking? And Blaine's like, didn't you hear? The Warbler's gotta do something sexified. And Kurt just has a look on his face like, oh no. Yes. Whereas Blaine looks like he just got told that um, Christmas came early. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, anyway, speaking of gay shit, uh, Emma storms into the coffee room. <laughs> oh yeah. my god, yes! She is livid that he is letting Will let Holly teach the kids how to fuck. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he's like, well, uh, in the interest of fairness, would you and the celibacy club like to perform a counter-argument song? And Emma's like, this is great. I look forward to the opportunity to nail her to the wall. And then Beast's only appearance <laughs> in this whole episode is eating lunch with Will, hearing that line and just kind of going, <laughs> Yeah. He's eating his daily rotisserie chicken like a king. <laughs> yep. And then he just starts dying because yes. I mean, and uh, to this, I would like to offer an argument that Emma perhaps is just Ace lesbian who has a fear of penises. Big Shrek? I don't know. I just you know it was it was it was a, a possible reading of um her her character in this episode. Yeah, <laughs> I think I don't think we need to bring any genitals into it. I think it's just pure asexual. Oh yeah, tea. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's the word asexuality. Mm-hmm. <laughs> asexual tea. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the asexual tea. <laughs> mm, delicious. <laughs> And valid. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now, before we get into the next scene, we want to remind everyone that we know about the bad, horrible shit that past members of Glee have done. Yes. So keep that in mind. We, we know that this next scene is cringe as fuck nowadays. Yes. It did yes. not age well. And disclaimer for me, quick, there are a lot of moments where I genuinely like Puck as a character, but I do not condone the actions of the actor who portrayed him. At yeah. all. Oh, yes. Same, we exactly. Never have. So. I like one part of this coming scene. <laughs> the next scene is Puck and Lauren, and Lauren approaches Puck, and she tells him her scheme to get famous and get her own fragrance, Zeiss. The slogan is, you just got Zeist. Mm-hmm. I need it. <laughs> yeah. I need it now. <laughs> her, Lauren's scheme to get a recording contract in a TV show and a fragrance is that she wants to do a sex tape. And it's just, okay, let, let me finish. Let me figure out how to articulate this. Sex work is is valid as long as you are not being taken advantage of. But these are two underage teens. Yeah. Yep. Well, unfortunately, that is, I mean, it doesn't happen until like a few scenes from now, but that is the same stance that the show takes, which is basically, love the energy, don't do this. Yep. Yeah. Like, this whole scene, Puck, after having, like, agreed to take things slow with Lauren to take them at whatever speed she wants to take it, he's like, <gasps> we're gonna have sex? And she says, wow, if your lovemaking matches your skills and deduction, I'm in for a wild night. (laughs) It made me laugh. It was delightful. Ashley Fink, you're great. (laughs) I I just really, I really just, Puck looks really good in that shirt. Like, I'm just saying, like, (sighs) I hate how I find him attractive still, but like, I don't know, the Mohawk and the Henley were doing something for me in that scene. (laughs) It's, it, it is, truly is because the character was so far divorced from the actual actor. Yes. It really is, yeah. I mean, because I was just like, yeah, I would also want to grab his bicep and walk down the hallway with him. Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, the next scene is Blaine inviting a bunch of Catholic schoolgirls to a foam rave. <laughs> 
Hang on to your bobby socks, girls! Blaine has summoned the students from their sister school, which is the Crawford County Day School, to an abandoned warehouse set that I just kept expecting a Power Rangers costume villain to walk out from behind (laughs) one of the boxes. Speaking of Power Rangers costume villains... Wait, what? So the song they sing, the sexy song they sing to show that they're sexy, is Annabelle by Neon Trees. But the auto-tuning of them is so horrendous, they all sound like robots, which did prompt me to get on Twitter last night and just type out, Does the Machine Empire fuck? (laughs) Oh my god. It's a bunch of gay robots at a foam rave. Sure. Sure. (laughs) I thought that was just Transformers. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think their raves involve foam. That might mess them up. (laughs) <laughs> Starscreen made a very, very grave error, and he's very sorry. <laughs> he's very sorry. Did you hear that, Megatron? He's very sorry. <laughs> Megatron has fallen because the foam got into his circuits. Now I, Starscream, am leader of the Decepticons! <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> So this musical number. The other thing about the... Sorry, I have one other thing about this number. Yeah. It is leagues less horny than the Gap Attack. Yes. This is such a milk toast, family-friendly song. Yeah. At Great. least when Blaine accosted that poor boy at the Gap, he was actually singing a song about sex. Yes. And asserting his dominance on all of the furniture! <laughs> I feel like a part of the reason why this number is less horny than When I Get You Alone was is at least partially because, first off, and a good note, this is uh, Kurt gets to sing lead with Blaine and it's his first lead as a part of the Warblers. <laughs> and then it is dis- it is decidedly unhorny because Kurt is doing a terrible job at pretending to be heterosexual. <laughs> He's doing like... Like, weird dance moves. And, like, we know that's just how Kurt dances, but he's, like, making faces and, like, doing, like, like, hello, I'm a dinosaur. I have, I have notes about this because I just, I have a lot of feelings about Kurt and, um, him trying to be sexy. (laughs) If I may. I'm sorry if I'm interrupting or anything. I'm just... (laughs) Mr. Shu, if I may. <laughs> Essentially, yes. <laughs> uh, there, There's the berry, sorry. <laughs> I think that Kurt is actually very nervous, and that's kind of why, you know, because we've seen him be sexy. We've seen him be sexy. Let me just, my argument for this is mostly four minutes. Power of Madonna, thank you. <laughs> because Chris Colfer's voice is a growl and he is very comfortable there because one he is with his best girl mercedes two it is a very like i don't know conventional situation where he is allowed to be flamboyant and can be sexual at the same time as a cheerleader and as a warbler right warbler right now he is just still like adjusting to his environment and also like he's got a huge crush on blaine and wants to he's trying too hard because Hey, I am singing with hot boy in very cute blazer <laughs> with big eyes and, and great smile. And <sighs> I really love the smell of his hair gel. You know, it's, it's, he's having a moment. He is bad at being sexy because he's gay right now. And that is so valid of him. You know what? That That is a very good argument. And that actually makes a lot of sense later in the episode, too. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, because you really see that, because you do see Kurt being 
able to be sexual with a lot of the women in Glee Club just fine because, you know, he's comfortable with them. They're his friends. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, also, he slaps Finn's butt in episode two. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, you're... I am rewriting a a critique I had later in the episode that I... I, Right as I speak. Oh, no. (laughs) No, because Harley's arguments are making making mine better. Oh, okay, okay, good, good, good. You're you're expanding on my thesis. <laughs> well, you're welcome. <laughs> also, also, I just found out that originally the song they were going to sing for this number was "Do You Think I'm Sexy," which again would have been a better song. Oh my cause... god! Uh, yeah, I I know. I I had the Warblers album. I love that cover. <laughs> they recorded it. They put it on the album. They didn't put it in the episode, probably <laughs> because Neon Trees was in the charts. And whoa, we really got to get the Neon Trees in here for the search engine optimization. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Rod, I the teens are listening to Rod Stewart right now. <laughs> well, you know what? They would if Darren Chris sang it. Oh, yeah. That is, he does a great job with that cover. I love it. So after the phone rave, some girls give Blaine their number, and he's like, that's sweet, but I'm not on your team. Yeah. Because my dark overlord, Ryan Murphy, won't let me be bisexual. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyways, then he goes and asks Kurt if he has gas pans. <laughs> mm-hmm. Romantic. <laughs> um, and then basics like it comes out that Kurt was trying to be sexy, but like those were his faces, and Kurt declares himself that he has as much sexual appeal and knowledge as a baby penguin, which then became <laughs> his nickname for like the next several years. Oh my yes. god. Yes. Also, there are so many like fix I found where like this this scene is like Blaine ends up, you know, thinking like baby penguin, my ass. <laughs> <laughs> they like do it or something it's just very funny to me <laughs> yeah and i think that's kind of important to think about too is kurt's perception of himself as a sexual being first of all i mean you don't really think of yourself as sexy when you're a teen and if you do well props to you you probably also peaked in high school or you're just very comfortable <laughs> with yourself and well adjusted which also i mean fuck you just kidding <laughs> <laughs> But Kurt not really feeling like he is able to be sexually attractive makes a lot of sense considering the world he grew up in. I think he's Mm -hmm. just hasn't been able to look at himself as a sexual being because he's been suppressing his sexuality for so long. Yeah. Yeah. So it makes sense that he feels like a baby penguin. (laughs) And speaking of repression. Yes. (laughs) We then cut to Brittany and Santana who did end up having their Sweet Valley High uh, movie night and Lady Kisses night. Brittany says, like, Santana, I want to talk about feelings. And Santa's like, I don't know them. <laughs> and she's like, but, like, Artie and I talk about feelings. And Santana's like, you don't need feelings to be in a relationship. And Brittany's like, but they make things better. And Santana is like, I just... She says a whole bunch of stuff to Brittany where it's like, it's not cheating if the plumbing is different. And I don't want to put a label on our relationship. And Santana just keeps putting up walls. And putting down her sexual partner, who apparently she loves very much. Which is really detrimental to Brittany's self-esteem, especially in such a formative time in their lives, considering how long they've been friends. Yeah. That's really shitty. (laughs) Brittany doesn't have like a harsh reaction to this and I think it's because Brittany knows that's Brittany knows very little but I think emotionally she's intelligent this is a pretty safe argument and I would say that she recognizes that 
a lot of the harshness coming from Santana is because Santana doesn't know how to properly talk about this stuff. No, I know. And I really love this scene because we see that Brittany is emotionally intelligent. And I think Mm -hmm. emotionally intelligence wise, Brittany is a genius. And (laughs) spoiler, spoiler. Ah, no. Why did you do this? (laughs) (laughs) Because Santana has built herself into a very, she's built herself into a very specific box, mm-hmm. and there are things that she, there are things that she is comfortable with inside the box, and things that she is not comfortable with. And one of them is discussing feelings, and another one is actually like talking about their relationship. Outside of just being friends, because they're not just friends. They've never just been friends. Indeed. Britannia has never been just gals being pals. <laughs> <laughs> that one time at cheer camp. <laughs> they probably had lots of those. Oh, yeah. I mean, and I bet Quinn has heard them. Probably, yes. <laughs> More than once. <laughs> Anyways, this is that <laughs> Well, not really. Yeah. It's okay, listen. So I guess Puck and Lauren have managed to f- watch porn on the school Wi Fi, which honestly I'm just impressed by. Yes, I know. Legends. But Lauren Zeises, I believe that she is capable of that. She is in the AV club. She is the one that Rachel Berry contacted to hide mics in the choir. Exactly. Room. Exactly. And then Holly Holiday walks in while they're doing this. They're also, they're in the library too. They are full on in public. Mm-hmm. And she's like, hey gang, no what's to doing? <laughs> and they're like, I'm going to make a sex tape so I can get a recording contract. And as I mentioned before, Holly basically says, love this energy for you. But however, you are underage and so you would be charged with child pornography. Also, sex tapes usually end in disasters, just like one I made with J.D. Salinger. <laughs> Jeez. And they're like, oh, we did not think about this. Thank you. But that's like that's like a segue into the next scene, because as Holly's leaving, she comes across Santana and Brittany, and they're like, we need to talk with an adult. Yes. We need to talk with a, with a, with a neutral adult who has proven themselves to be cool with teens and is... Uh, so therefore excludes Emma and Will and Sue Sylvester. <laughs> very true. Very true. It's time for the sexiest sharing circle. <laughs> so the next scene, they're in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Neither Brittany nor Santana can be sure if they're a lesbian. Brittany, because she's never given it much thought. And Santana, because she's still in Narnia. She talks about how she's attracted to guys. She's attracted to girls. I would argue that See, there's two options here. You could either say that Santana has just buried herself in guys because she's so far in the closet, or much like the opposite of Quinn, she can get with guys physically, but there's no emotional connection possible. Yeah, I was I was thinking that too when I heard that statement, and also there are yeah. several statements in later versions of the show where I'm like, there is still she still has experiences sexual attraction to men. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I thought it was really interesting. Um, also, mm-hmm. I just, I really love Holly in this scene. I love how genuine she is and how well she handles it. She handles it like an actual grown-up. <laughs> yeah. The one yeah. time. She's really yeah. competent in this scene. Also, I just love that we we all know that she, she had um an exploration phase because I, I'm sorry, Holly yeah. Holiday is not in it. She's... Either by or very much a spaghetti type of girl. <laughs> yeah, like she starts off the scene by like 
proving that she's relatable to Brittany and Santana by mentioning that, like, she went to an all-girls college where the main industry in the town was softball. Mm -hmm. And they're like, okay, we recognize these tropes. (laughs) And she's like, well, if you, like, I think Brittany at one point led us as, like, Santana doesn't want to talk about her feelings. And Holly's like, well, we are on Glee. Would you like to do a song about it? (laughs) And, like... In this scene, like, they kept, like, the camera just kept spinning around all of them, and it was distracting for me. (laughs) Yeah, I get that. I get that. Like, I I guess it's hard to do over-the-shoulder shots when people are sitting on the ground, Mm -hmm. but, like, you could. You could have just done over-the-shoulders instead of, like, rotating it in a circle around everyone, like we're in the music video for Bad Romance or something. (laughs) (laughs) My favorite part about this scene is when Santana's talking about her sexuality, she says, I've been attracted to guys. I've been attracted to girls. I made out with a mannequin once. One time I had a sexy dream about a shrub in the shape of a person. And let me tell you, what? Shrub Tana. <laughs> yes! What? The fandom by storm. I what? had no idea. I did not find that part of the internet, Tanner. I'm glad I didn't find that part. Oh, God, it's a, it's a hashtag on Tumblr. Yes! Yep. Oh, I'm going to have some fun this afternoon. <laughs> On the Glee fandom wiki, there is an entire blog for the Shrub Tana team. <laughs> you know, you'd think I would have found that. I was on the Glee wiki for a while. Um, I would talk to people about the next episode and like the spoilers and stuff like for most of season three. I was pretty active on there. I even uh, edited the Britanna page at one point. I just want to read this single sentence from this blog. People who ship Shrebatana believe that Santana should be allowed to follow her dreams. We want her to be happy, and we know that being with Shrubs is the only way for this to happen. (laughs) This was published on August 18th of 2013. Excellent. Powerful. (laughs) Oh my god, there's signatures. (laughs) Oh my god, there's signatures, and they have text effects applied. Icons, (laughs) all of them. I'm just gonna pop that in the chat for the, for the hangout. Because, <laughs> God, the internet was a different place back then. Oh, it yeah. was. It was. <laughs> oh, oh my God! God. God there's, there's four listings of fanfiction! <laughs> oh and they God. are all... Two of them are on Tumblr, two of them are on FF.net. <laughs> oh, amazing. This is fucking terrifying. <laughs> I love this. The edits are amazing! <laughs> Part of me hopes that Naya Rivera never saw this, and part of me hopes that if she did, she thought it was fun. She would think she it, probably was thought it was funny. Oh, she would have thought this was hilarious. God, what, a f- what the fuck even is this episode? <laughs> I have to ne- I have to close this tab. So the next scene is Blaine and Kurt practicing sexy faces. Yeah. Because he's like, Blaine goes to Kurt and he's like, okay, now I want you to do your smoldering face. Do your intrigued face. They all end up being the same kind of face where Kirk kind of like whips his head around a little bit and kind of like raises his lip a little bit. Plot twist. All of Kirk's sexy faces are blue steel. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and he, Kurt mentions that he can't watch those videos because whenever he does, he thinks about how the actors were all children once and they all have mothers and what would their mothers think? And God, why would you get a tattoo there? Yeah. I feel like in this scene, Kurt is just so repressed and incredibly anxious. 
Yeah, and again, it's because he's with Blaine. Like, he's not going to talk about yeah. his sexual desires with the boy who he has a crush on and who no- he knows he has a crush on. Yeah, and Blaine is like, if this is something that you are unfamiliar with, I can. I am more than welcome to share information on what I have learned about the mechanics of how of how gay sex works. And Kurt's like, we are not having this conversation today. You need to leave. And this is the part in my notes where I put, Bert, we, where are you? We need you. <laughs> I do really love that Kurt sets this boundary with, mm-hmm. with Blaine because it's fair. You know, if you're not ready to know about this stuff, I have been both Blaine as an adult, <laughs> but I was Kurt as a teen where the, as he, he puts it, the, uh, touch of the fingertips in, in a, um, in a Broadway musical is as sexy as it gets. And, you know, I, I totally get where he's coming from. So it was just really nice to kind of see that, especially with like, not just like a, you know, good Christian girl type character to see that as a queer character going through that of being afraid of learning about sex and having sex is super mm-hmm. important. Yeah. So that was a good scene. Yeah. <laughs> The next scene is uh, Will and Holly singing Kiss by Prince, and they do a tango, and then they kiss, and then that's pretty much the In scene. front of band students with tongue? Guys! Yeah. Oh, yeah, just... they were there. They were there! Yeah. yeah. And the band kids were watching! <laughs> Apparently the band members don't exist when Will is horny! <laughs> It's just <laughs> which means they aren't people, which is not fair to the band kids. Justice for band kids. They're all furniture. <laughs> so my first my first problem with this is that Will is like, oh, I wanna take the song Kiss by Prince and I want to make it a tango. But like he doesn't make it a tango. They just they, they dance a tango, but they just sing they, they sing it as it is written and I mean, postmodern jukebox wasn't a thing yet, but I feel like a tango version of Kiss would be very cool. It would be very cool. I wasn't sure, like, because I do have, like, kind, I kind, I'm kind of into the physical chemistry of Matthew Morris and Gwyneth Paltrow because, yes, they are aesthetically pleasing to look at, but also just, like, the context of this scene just kind of ruined the immersion for me as an adult because I remember when I saw this you know, live, I was like, oh my god, wow. And now I'm just kind of like, um, first of all, Will says, like, I want to make this appropriate for the kids, and I'm like, you're your horny fantasy appropriate for teens, sir? <laughs> he already tried that with Toxic. It didn't work. <laughs> I, I just love how he tries to make it about the Glee kids when really this is just him trying to seduce Holly. <laughs> Yeah. Like, that is so blatant because there's this moment in the fantasy sequence where, like, he pulls away from her and you can see, which, by the way, his shirt is, like, half open and there's this smirk on Matthew Morrison's face that is, I'm gonna get fucked tonight. (laughs) (laughs) He has this, like, I am going to get dicked down by this woman tonight face. (laughs) And I just, I hate it. (laughs) It's a very, it's a very short moment, but if you pay attention, you will see it. You will not unsee it. This was another scene where I had the audio muted. I was like, let's go check LinkedIn. (laughs) (laughs) Thankfully, the scene ends with Holly saying like, no, Will, I'm not going to date you because you have been in exactly... Uh, one long-term relationship with your high school sweetheart, which was an incredibly toxic relationship, and you very briefly dated Emma 
and Shelby. And neither of those relationships were super healthy either, so you need to work on yourself first. I don't appreciate Holly Holiday calling Will a nice guy, because Will is TM a nice guy, but not a nice guy who she could, um, yes. as she says, breaks. <laughs> but you know who is a nice guy? Would that be Bert Hummel? <laughs> it's Bert Hummel! <laughs> the best boy! The best man ever! Best dad, Bert Hummel. <laughs> yeah, this scene was really uncomfortable to watch. <laughs> I thought it could have been worse. It could have been it worse. It could have been worse, but like, I will say that I think that Blaine is obviously being overzealous and like, also in context with the show, I'm just kind of like, um, this is really uncomfortable considering, um, spoiler, 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 ew. <laughs> but also, yeah. Bert is a very patient and good man for actually like, when Blaine says, you know, I'm sorry if I'm overstepping. He says you are, and then Blaine leaves. I do love that, because that is yeah. how we adults, people. <laughs> because, like, so we're, we're kind of skipping around here, but this scene, Blaine shows up at Bert's garage, and they kind of have some little chit-chat about how, like, oh, Blaine recognizes a car part. I think it was a carburetor. Mm-hmm. And Blaine's like, yeah, my dad and I rebuilt a car a couple of years ago. And he basically says, like, look, Kurt doesn't know how to be a sexual gay man. And this is something that you need to talk to him about, because if he doesn't know, like, even in an informational sense, he is going to he is going to be hurt by his lack of knowledge. And he's and blames something to the effect of, like, I, I think that you can teach him because you are a good parent and you have a good relationship. Like apparently Blaine had to teach himself everything that he knows on the internet because his dad didn't care. And like Harley mentioned, when, when, when Blaine leaves Bert's faces, you're overstepping, but you're kind of right though. And the fandom went fucking nuts for this little tidbit about Blaine. Cause we knew nothing. Yeah. And we still know nothing. We still know nothing, <laughs> but we rejoiced to know Blaine has all the phobic father! Great! Start up the thick machine, baby! <laughs> Start up the thick machine. <laughs> that delights me. <laughs> really was how it was, though. It was great. <laughs> Anyways, now it's time for my gold star song. Not to give it away, but this is my gold star song. <laughs> Fair. Probably mine, too. So Brittany and Santana and Holiday are singing Landslide by the Chicks. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And it's real fucking good. And there's lots of there's like lots of meaningful and explicitly queer eye contact. Yes, and, and also Holly vibing. has some feelings about Will. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was really mad. I was like, cameraman, get this hetero nonsense out of here. <laughs> <laughs> but but also, can we just talk about the clothing choices and how this is going to be funny later for you listeners? But um, Brittany and Santana look like they're about to go to an Indigo Girls concert right now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they're both in very, like, soft lesbian outfits. <laughs> yes, yes, and I just... Naya had this talent where she could really just look so, so sad while she <laughs> sings. It's true. And... Uh, just this scene, I was, I was, get, I was literally, I was texting my partner while I was watching this scene, and I was just like, I'm having so many feelings. They're like, are you, ha- is this, are you having feelings about Glee? Because they have not seen an episode ever. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, yeah, <laughs> this episode yeah. helped me come out. Are you okay? 
<laughs> yeah, it's it, it's it's a very good scene because like you can tell that it's one of those things where it's like even if the song isn't like even if the the lyrics of the song are not like I'm in love with you, I don't know how to express it, but I can't like I can't deny it anymore. Mm-hmm. That kind of a thing, but like you can get that from how Naya was acting and from how Heather or Brittany was like responding to it and everyone else is just kind of vibing <laughs> it's so good oh oh i do actually have uh a behind the scenes fun fact oh yeah, yeah shoot. <laughs> <laughs> well uh i would occasionally uh find behind the glee after uh, the episode yes. and uh stevie next came to visit the set and mm-hmm. uh watched their performance and uh mm-hmm. said had a lot of positive things to say about the performance of uh the uh chick's cover of her song <laughs> Yeah. My favorite part was that apparently when she was talking to the cast, I guess it was like when they were between takes of filming Landslide, she referred to Corey as the Jessie's girl person. Aww. (laughs) And Stevie Nicks just seems like a class act. She really does, yeah. And then Ryan Murphy used this contact to parlay her into that one scene in American Horror Story. Yep, that doesn't surprise me at all. But yeah, it's it's a very good. I know we're kind of like I know we're kind of like glossing over, but it's just it's a very good musical number. It really yeah. is. Um, are are we gonna talk about the two ha 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 no homo moments after the number? <laughs> oh, oh yeah, do you mean hashtag so, by Sam? <laughs> yeah. So Sam uh, leans over to Artie while Brittany and Santana are hugging, and Sam goes, "It's pretty cool that our girlfriends are such good friends, right? Wish you and I were that close." Uh-huh. And Artie has a smile that mm-hmm. then just kind of falters. <laughs> the other yeah. thing I would like to point out is, again, I'm going to get on my Faberry soapbox. <laughs> because, Rachel, no one likes your sour grapes. Please get them out of my potato seed, ma'am. I don't want to hear about how your girlfriend can't come out of the closet right now and is dating your not boyfriend because she needs him to be her beard for prom queen. I don't need this in here, okay? Which I love that Santana shuts her down immediately, and I know why. (laughs) I just felt so bad because it's like Rachel's like, I would just like to applaud everyone for exploring the uncharted world of sapphic charm. And like... She she says this, and you can see Santana go back. Like you can just see Santana. She goes full bitch mode. The yep. set, yep. And I'm just like Santa, like Rachel Berry, you ruin everything. She literally just, yeah. I'm like, get your bi panic out of here. Get your sour grapes out of here, ma'am. We don't need it. Like you, you just you ruined everything. You you rained on everybody's parade, Rachel Berry. <laughs> <laughs> Which she so often does. <laughs> but yeah, I just wanted to be like, yep, th- there was a Faberry moment of sour grapes, and I wasn't here for it, but I was here for Santana using her bitch powers against Rachel. Yes. Agreed. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And Naya's acting of just snapping right back into, you know, uh, Sticks mode. <laughs> 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 Love that for her. <laughs> yeah. Okay, the next the next scenes. The next scenes, guys. Yep. <laughs> I'm so tired. So Puck has joined the celibacy club. Yes. I really only have like one big note, and that's it tickles me every time Rachel calls him Noah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It brings it sparks joy every time. 
and he joins and they're like great timing because now we're gonna sing a song about celibacy and now you got me doing it puck is like (laughs) puck's like we should get another dude and i was like i know the perfect guy john stamos (laughs) (laughs) tv's john stamos has returned and they're singing afternoon delight wow tanner i guess it's opposite day in glee club (laughs) (laughs) the song is wild puck is just doing a happy wiggle through the whole thing (laughs) no one no one on stage has any sense of self-awareness nope i mean carl does yeah (laughs) a little bit a little bit it's this whole time they just have like they have pictures of like food like food that has been modeled and stuff and that's just up on the back light screens and the whole time everyone in the audience is cracking up because it's explicit and just like it it is extremely thinly veiled like explicit references and allegories <laughs> the only reason this number exists is because Emma's blinders are on so tightly that she just does not recognize it nope yeah because after they finish, Holly's like, that song is about sneaking away for a nooner. And Emma goes, yeah, that's when you have dessert in the afternoon, right? Oh, you sweet asexual bush baby, you. Yeah. Yeah. Pep, pep. Yeah. <laughs> and then as people leave, Carl runs over to Holly and he's like, I think I need some sex education. Season three streaming now on Netflix starring all those British people. <laughs> yep. Okay, now it's now it's time for a curtain bird scene. Yes. yes. Yes, good. Good, good, good. So Bert has brought Kurt some pamphlets, and mm-hmm. Kurt tries to leave immediately. Yep. There. Okay, so in in the scene before where Blaine's talking to Bert, uh, Blaine says that whenever he's tried talking to Kurt about sex, he puts his fingers in his ears and starts singing, La 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 la! As soon as Bert gives Kurt the, the pamphlets, Kurt does exactly that. Yes. <laughs> and I love it. Uh-huh. This scene is so, so good. It's mm. so good. It's... I have I have hot takes on the scene. Okay. So, but let's get through the the content of the scene first. So, yes. Bert is talking to Kurt. Like first he says, "Take the pamphlets, study them, report back to me on the the, the mechanics." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he's yeah. telling him going to tell him about the emotions of it. Mm-hmm. And he says, "This is Cliff's notes, but for most guys, sex is just a thing we want to do, but we don't think much about the other person." Women are different only because they get that it's something more than just the physical. When you're intimate with somebody, you're exposing yourself. You'll never be more vulnerable, and that scares the hell out of a lot of guys. I have a lot of buddies who have gotten in too deep with a girl who said she was cool with just hooking up. It's gonna be worse for you because it's two guys and two people who think sex is just sex, and you gotta know that there's feelings involved. When Kurt is ready, Bert wants him to be able to do everything, but use the sex as a way to connect with another person. Mm-hmm. I do see the flaws in this plan now. <laughs> yes. Th- this is not the yeah. argument Kurt needs to hear. I would argue that the part of the reason and the thesis that we've been presented this whole episode is that Kurt is actually too emotionally invested in the sex. Mm-hmm. Like, he's, yeah. so, he's so all up in his feelings that he's stuck and frozen. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And I uh-huh. don't think Bert is the right person to talk to Kurt about things. And also, I mean... I don't completely blame them for it being a very gendered conversation about how women do sex and how men do sex. And yes. they they almost like skirt the concept that it's because of the way they're raised rather than just an inherent thing in genders. Yeah. But we would we we have also been shown that Santana 
is having sex just as sex, and her problem is that she is not connecting emotion to it. Yep. Yep. So right off the hop, we have shown that the the woman who does does sex without emotion and the boy who can't do sex because too much emotion. And like I applaud the concept of Bert talking to Kurt because this was set up in the previous episode where yeah. Kurt said, "Hey, Dad, tell me about sex." And Bert said, "Okay, here's what a sex is." Honestly, though, I think Kurt should have gone to Finn. That would have been Could really interesting, and I think that Corey and Chris have incredible chemistry with whatever scenes they do they're so good together not to say that michael malley is as bad with chris colfer you know <laughs> but no yeah, no yeah. it's it, it's definitely not a chemistry thing because they mm. sell this scene it's just the text of the scene i feel doesn't work and i think in universe it would have made more sense for kurt to go to finn and also like they've been trying to push the kurt and finn or brothers get that yep. brother chemistry going this could have been a great opportunity Especially because Finn, his first sexual encounter, the actual one, not the hot tub. Had no yeah. emotions. Yeah, and so he is familiar with that. Like, mm-hmm. he is also recognizes the importance of emotions in a sexual encounter. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, Tanner, I think that would have been a really fascinating scene. Those, those are both good points. Mm-hmm. The scene was pretty good. It could have been a lot better. Yeah. Bad scene time. Uh, Bad scene time. Yeah. Emma and John, by the way, his, he's John Stamos in all my notes. So Emma and John Stamos are in couples counseling <laughs> with Holly because uh, <laughs> she's here because she's just there. Yep. Yeah. Because Gwyneth Pelter was still on set. Yep. And Emma's like, we don't have problems. And Carl's like, we do have problems. We have not had sex. And Holly just immediately starts virgin shaming Emma. That's all she yeah. does. Yeah. Yeah, it's, she's like, it's so how have you not had sex when you've been married to this hot hunk of man for four months? Or whatever. I don't know what that voice was. <laughs> that's, that's exactly what Holly Holiday sounds like. <laughs> she goes on to say, I have a serious question for you. Are you not having sex because you're still in love with Will Schuster? Which is way out of bounds and so, yeah. so uncomfortable. Yeah. Just, yeah, Holly thanks. was so good with Brittany and Santana, and then she is awful like awful and especially like after carl just leaves you know my lips are sealed just like your legs sorry no yeah you can't just skate past that you can't just say that i feel like she's one of those people who would have been like oh i just have no filter yep this is just the way i am (laughs) accept it or leave it take it or leave it you know (laughs) i hate people like that yeah this whole scene, like, it ends with Emma being, like, just confused about, she doesn't know whether she's still in love with Will or not. And Carl is like, well, I am going to go stay at a different place while you stay at the condo. And it's just, it's just, it's a, it's a fucking mess. And they didn't do justice to Emma. I also want to say, like, I think that Carl should have communicated with her sooner. Yeah. I think there's a yeah. lot that we're not we're not giving John Stamos the responsibility that he should have had or the writers aren't giving him the responsibility he had because mm-hmm. if you're not going to be if your partner is not able to get physical with you you need to have that conversation just the two of you before way before yeah it's, uh, taking another person into the mix they should have had it before they got married yeah yeah absolutely and they will be it's because everybody knew that Carl wasn't going to be sticking around and so they just need an easy reason for him to be separated from Emma. And and also no one on the writer's staff 
Because, like, like, one of the problems of this episode's thesis is that sex is an inevitability for everyone. Mm. And if you can't have sex, then something has gone wrong with you. <laughs> oh, yeah. <sighs> yeah. Bad. Don't. Don't bad. Yep. This could have been a great opportunity to actually examine the person who says, I am not comfortable with sex, period, end of story, good day. <laughs> and yet. Yeah, I'm just not here for it. I just, it really just upset me seeing that conversation. Because, like, yeah, that's not how conversations of intimacy, especially between a husband and wife, work. You just can't do that. You just can't just go into couples counseling after four months of marriage and not talking about intimacy issues at all with each other. That's horrible. Yeah. And also, I'd like to see... John Stamos, dude, like, I know he has the range for this, darling, so where is it? <laughs> he used it all up on Rocky Horror. Uh... It's, it has been ten episodes since we last saw him. <sighs> yep. And guess what? Now we will never see him again. Yeah. <laughs> Why is there swear there's so many fucking planes right now? Can you guys hear that? I cannot. Nope. Just pretend they're like shooting stars. <laughs> I could really use a wish right now. Wish right now. <laughs> Wish right now. <laughs> you know who else could use one right now? It's Santana. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, is it time for the Hurt Locker scene? <laughs> <laughs> it is! Okay. Can I take this one, please? Go for it. Okay. So, first of all, this scene is really just... This changed my life. This scene right here. I remember not being able to stop talking about it with uh people because i was like wow santana was so raw and real and emotional and i don't know why i keep talking about this and fixating on this scene uh, no reason <laughs> <laughs> and i think it's just because naya rivera was such an important person for me growing up because of what she she did with the character santana lopez because i i was normalized on screen as a queer person, and I, I would say probably I'm definitely more on the Kurt Hummel spectrum, you know, gender-wise. Didn't really figure that out until I was an adult, but sexuality-wise, I was really struggling with the fact that I thought being attracted to women was disgusting. So seeing it normalized on screen and seeing somebody struggle and want to just play with boys just, just to pass the time because the, what what else are you going to do? Just... Seeing all of those hard feelings normalized was so, so important to me. And really, this scene is kind of a, such a pivotal moment of me being able to come out at, at 15 as, as a not straight person. And, you know, it really just lead, it just really did save my life and exposed me to so much music, so many amazing people, and really expanded my writing. There's just so much that this scene just kind of gave to me as a queer person and i i think that the biggest thing i'm i'm sad about with this is that i i will never now be able to thank naya in person for the work she did for me personally one-on-one -on -one, and i am very sorry for that but also i mean i did actually read her book after her death and i would highly recommend listeners if you haven't read it she does read the audiobook, and it is very sad. The ending is very bittersweet in context of now, 
but I would highly recommend it. If you haven't heard it, you absolutely should give it a, a, a good listen. Because there is also some Glee tea spilled, but um, this scene in particular, just Naya's acting is immaculate. Just her anger, the way she talks about how she's using anger to cover up her feelings for Brittany, that she is so suppressing so much of this pain that she has with herself and her sexuality and that she is so <laughs> she just wants to run off into the sunset as soon as she admits her feelings to Brittany and Brittany doesn't and it's so upsetting to her and I will say I I, I do not condone biphobia but her anger is coming from a very very valid place because when you are a teen lesbian who is in love with somebody who has had feelings for you for a long time and you have done things like that, that type of intimate relationship and being rejected for a cis man? I understand being like, buddy's just a stupid boy. That is a very, I get it. But also, I am not pleased, Ryan Murphy, please stop with your biphobia. Who knew being fluid could make you so stuck? I hate that line. It made me so angry hearing it because I didn't even hear it when I was younger and hearing it, you know, through my two watch throughs, I was just like, Mr. Murphy, we're, we have words. I just want to talk. Let's meet in a parking lot after dark, please. <laughs> <laughs> but this scene, you know, the, uh, it is uh, by the Britannia fandom. It is called the Hurt Locker scene. So that's kind of how I know it. And they do have a lot of um, interesting locker scenes uh, throughout the course of the series. One of which is coming next episode. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i just the um the locker scene is just it's you know you've got the confession of santana's feelings and you have Brittany say this beautiful thing honey which i love that she calls her honey and Brittany is heather is so so soft and gentle to naya's sadness it is so beautiful and you get this, you know, if, but honey, if anyone were to come at you, you to, you know, kick their ass or slash them with your vicious, vicious words. And I'm just like, they're so in love and they're so young and they're the two lesbians in Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> so those are my feelings on the Hurt Locker. <laughs> oh my God. And they're, they're at a locker too. So it is literally the Hurt uh -huh, Locker. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That just surfaced out of my memory. Yep. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Very good scene. Okay, so the next scene is Lauren's walking by Puck's locker and she calls him a nerd. And he's like, oh, why'd you do that? And she's like, you joined the celibacy club, nerd. And he's he basically says that while he was totally on board with making a sex tape with her, he also enjoyed wooing her and likes being in a relationship with her just as much. Yeah. And also he's he's learned about consequences, like not eating a thumbtack. Oh yeah. And he's like, look, I understand that things have consequences and I want to be able to own up to consequences in the future. And then she says, I really do have the urge to punch you. And then she plants a big kiss on him in the hallway. And she's like, if we can play footsie in celibacy club, I'm in. And then as she walks away, she like does a double fist pump in the air. <laughs> I love- Lauren Sices is great. <laughs> yeah, I love Puck's smile. Whenever like Lauren does something like that, I just love his smile of just like, yeah. <laughs> 
I just love that smile. I, I really love them. Like, I think I have such a greater appreciation for them as a couple now. <laughs> <laughs> I just think they're so cute. And just like, I, I uh, someone give Ashley Fink many jobs. She needs them and deserves all the jobs, please. <laughs> I do think she's still working. Yeah, yeah, I saw she was, um, I think it was, uh, it was a Thanksgiving movie. I, I was checking her Instagram because, uh, there was a recent, um, podcast interview she did with, uh, Chris Colfer. It was, uh, on this thing, I think, called Couples Counseling? They're, like, on as huh. best friends, and it's really good. Would definitely recommend. So then we go over to, uh, the Celibacy Club, which now also includes Puck and Lauren and Santana and Sam and Brittany and Artie. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And no Emma. Yeah, no Emma. Because she is spending the hour that she would be spend here trying to fix her sham of a marriage. Thanks, mm-hmm. Rachel. Rachel has declared herself leader because of course she has. Yes. <sighs> because she's Rachel. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And she like they're as they're trying to talk about stuff, Rachel says something about to the effect of like, let's be like, yeah, let's be celibate, but let's be ready. Mm-hmm. And then Puck has to derail, has to derail the conversation by pointing out a hickey on Quinn's neck, and she's like, "I burned myself with my curling iron." Said every girl ever. <laughs> and Brittany's like, "That's why you use your curling iron in the bathtub." <laughs> and some I forget who, but someone's like, "No, <laughs> don't do that." <laughs> we get to have some some secret relationship because it turns out that she and Quinn are still nope. She... Quinn is not sleeping with herself. She is sleeping with Finn. <laughs> she she just talks to Finn and she's like, yes, I want to be together. And also, I want to be prom queen. You're losing your beard, babe. You're, you're, you're not leaning into the lie hard enough. Tell him you love him one more time. Maybe he'll believe you. Yeah. I don't like that she's using him for this. No. I, I understand that Quinn has a lot of feelings and she's very angry and very attracted to Rachel Berry. So she's doing a lot of things that, you know, if she went to a therapist, she probably wouldn't do. God, so many of these kids need therapy, but I really just want Quinn Fabray in therapy very much. Thank you. <laughs> Poor girl. Been through so, so much. Yeah. Also, I really don't think Finn is capable of giving a hickey. I'm sorry. <laughs> He's just not the type of guy to do that. <laughs> Unlike Puck, who can apparently shape them like balloon animals. That I do believe 100%. <laughs> I believe that Sam is absolutely able to do it. I don't think he does it as often as Puck does, but I think he does it just because he can. I think Puck should teach him how. Yes. Link. Kinky. Yes. <laughs> Finn, I just don't think is capable of, of doing hickeys. I just also don't think he just realizes the mechanics. Because, it, 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 you know, <laughs> if you're new at it, you, you really got to think about it. And I mean, Finn, big boy, few thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't really see him actually being able to, to, to give hickeys. <laughs> also, I'm yeah. surprised Quinn would let him... <laughs> Quick shrug? <laughs> I don't know. I just um I just see Quinn as just a very top energy with, with men because she doesn't really have like um because she needs to be control of physical situations with men at all times <laughs> for obvious reasons and valid reasons. But I just think it's interesting that um he was on top of her. And I think it's also that might just be a conventional thing and just like a you know, obviously like a writer's choice, but I'm just like 
Finn giving Quinn hickeys and being on top of her d- d- incorrect. <laughs> Does not compute. <laughs> so, the final scene. Thank God, finally. Mm-hmm. We're getting off the roller coaster. Yes. <laughs> we got off the roller coaster on the scene that no one cares about. Mm-hmm. Which is yeah. Holly gets together with Will. That's it. Uh, Hollister should stay at the mall. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> ba, 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 ba. I just I yeah. want to walk past it and just smell like the god awful cologne they put on everything and just walk away and go next door to Hot Topic instead, please. <laughs> yeah, it's just the 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 scene is this holly finds will in the auditorium he's stretching and she tells him that she's going to a different school to teach algebra but it's not goodbye because she offers to date him even though she hasn't been in long-term relationships or relationships lasting longer than 36 hours before and he's like well i don't know if you've heard but i happen to be an excellent educator where where william I, where? where are the receipts and about robots Lies, slander, propaganda, I call gaslighting? He's falsely inflating his resume. Thanks, I hate it. (laughs) Put it away, put it away, I don't want it. What a mess. Yep, this episode is now officially in horny jail and we are off the roller coaster. (laughs) Yes, throw away the key. Yep. (laughs) I feel like I need to go take a walk. That episode was a lot, y'all. But hey, it's over. It is. It is over. It's done. Goodbye. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> but first, I think we're all in agreement that the Gold Star song is Landslide. Absolutely. Yes. Best executed, best scene. Yes. Best staging. Mm-hmm. What is the Gold Star moment? Yes, Harley. Gold Star moment. You are guest. You go first. Yeah, I'm going to put the Hurt Locker scene hands down. There's just no question. What about you, Tanner? Um, hmm. I'm torn. Do I want to put the Hurt Locker in there? Actually, no. No, I don't. I'm putting the Britney's pregnant scenes. Valid. Valid. <laughs> Because, like I mentioned before, cinematic gold. So true, so true. (laughs) Christina, how about yourself? Um, I think I do also have to go with Britney's Pregnant, just because it's the good camaraderie between the teens. Is it good camaraderie? They immediately sold her secret. (laughs) It, It is enjoyable to watch camaraderie. It is dysfunctional family camaraderie. There it is. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm going with. Harley, what are you going to slushy? Uh, definitely going to slushy the, well, I happen to be an excellent educator. <laughs> I am going to slushy ace phobia. Valid. Yeah. How about you? I, f- I feel like I would like to do ace phobia, but I also want to do just like how fucking terribly paced this episode was. <laughs> Like, we kept, like, I think, Tanner, you compared it to a roller coaster, and it's like, we just kept ping-ponging around between plots and mm-hmm. subplots and A-plots and B-plots and lesbians yep. and gays and sex, and it's like, Glee's usually not this bad. <laughs> pick an A-plot, pick a B-plot, and give characters besides Rachel Berry and Will Schuster lines. Very true, very true. So I do think I have to make it the pacing, because I have, I, I have to address it. Sure. So, Harley, thank you very much for being on this episode of Loser Like Me. We appreciated having you here. It made this episode more bearable. Uh, it, it was a blast, and um, yeah, I'm really happy I got to do this episode in particular again, because it's so important to me. <laughs> yeah. So, 
where would you like to be found on the internet? Do you have things that you want to shout out and or promote? Yes, you can find my uh, archive of our own page. It is PassionPire88. That is passion, as in yes, the emotion, pyre, as in vampire, without the vam. (laughs) And uh, 88, because 8 is my favorite number, and I'm a Scorpio, and I live in the 8th house of sex, regeneration, and death, baby! High five. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. But that's that's pretty much it. I mean, if you really like, uh, I do have some Faberi stuff in there, um, as well as an entire Buffy is a bi-disaster cinematic universe that is basically about as big as Marvel wishes it could be. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, Loser Like Me is a part of the Corner Podcast Network, and we can be heard on all your podcasting platforms of choice, and if we aren't there, let us know and we'll work on getting there. We can be found at Loser Like Me Pod on Twitter, through the Loser Like Me Pod at gmail.com email address, and through the Corner Podcast Network Discord. Next time. <laughs> <laughs> Next time. We're watching the episode original song. I wonder what it's about. (laughs) (laughs) I think that it's going to be about Oscar nominations. Oh yeah, for sure. I think it's going to be about dirt. Yeah, that uh, (laughs) dirt locker, you know? (laughs) (laughs) But until then... This is the part where I say three, two, one, and then we all say, and that's what you missed on Glee. And it doesn't have to sync up, but sometimes it's better if it doesn't. All right. Yes. Three, two, one. And, and that's, that's what, what you missed, missed on, on Glee. Glee. <laughs> See, now I think you guys are just doing it intentionally. Just go ahead and grab a chair and listen now. As we riff the show, Tanner and Christine are gonna figure out why we love this show. Better grab your golden stars and slushies, cause you're listening, you're listening to Loser Like Me. Loser Like Me. Loser Like Me.